Football is officially back, and we've got you covered right here on the Ringer NFL feed. I'm Shiel Kapadia, and every Tuesday and Friday, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you Extra Point Taken. Nora Princiati here to tell you that Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Monday and Thursday. Our Monday show will recap everything from Sunday's games. Thursday's show will encompass any news during the week with an eye towards the next slate of games. Subscribe to the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow the Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter at Ringer NFL. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. baby it is a bonus tuesday and a wednesday edition of new york new york with all that's cooking of course we had to give you a third show this week it's jj john Stremsky rocking and rolling right here on the ringer podcast network and you know the main reason why i told stefan we got to do a tuesday show this week and it kind of was self-explanatory we had the knicks playing in the in-season tournament against the milwaukee bucks if indeed we had a monstrous New York Knickerbockers night, I wanted the ability to be able to rock and roll. But as it turns out, yeah, we had the in-season tournament. Yeah, we'll get to the Knicks, who got absolutely steamrolled in Milwaukee by the Bucs. And I think the Bucs just hit another three-point shot, just throwing that out there. But that has become a secondary story in what has transpired in the last 24 hours or so. And let's start with the baseball. Then we'll do the Knicks. Then we'll do all the madness with my buddy Beningo and Robert Sala and Zach Wilson not wanting to play football and the shitstorm that is the 4-8 and eight New York Jets. But the Yankees make a trade, and I think my Twitter said it best. Where's Juan Soto? The Yankees acquire Alex Verdugo from the Boston Red Sox, and they give up Craig Weissert. They give up a couple of guys that 
nobody has ever heard of. And it's long been rumored that the Yankees have had an interest in Verdugo to the point where I think it was Rob Bradford over at EI mentioned a few weeks ago the potential for a verdugo Glaber torres swap, which seemed way too extreme and seemed like you were giving up way too much despite Glaber's, you know, flaws and uh, elements that are concerning of his game. He still is a much better player than Verdugo. That said, Verdugo, if you look on the surface, is the sort of player the Yankees are lacking. He's a left-handed hitter. He does not strike out a lot. He's a solid defensive outfielder. He's not a center fielder. He can play center, but he's not a good center fielder. He's going to profile far better in right. He's going to profile far better in left. But he's the sort of guy I have been bellyaching about that the Yankees don't have enough of. So they go and get Verdugo. If Verdugo is the only outfield piece, it's unacceptable. It's not good enough. It's not the Yankees being the Yankees. If Verdugo is a part of an outfield mix that includes Aaron Judge and includes Juan Soto, even if you're going to play Aaron Judge a lot more in center field, which he's comfortable with, we know he can do it. I just don't think it's the best course of action for his body over the course of 2024 and long term. Extra wear and tear on the tires, covering more ground play in center field. I would still go and bring in a defensive outfielder if I'm the Yankees, if indeed that's the case. But you could sell me on that possibility. Or you could look at Alex Verdugo as someone that potentially could be heading to San Diego. Remember, the Padres are not punting on 2024. They still want to be competitive. So maybe Verdugo slotting in Soto's spot. They go and get a couple of pitchers. And that's how they kind of sell themselves on the idea that, hey, even though we're cutting payroll, even though we lost Juan Soto, we still can be in this thing and be a quality baseball team next year. So there's a lot of sort of elements in play here trying to make sense of this move. But as far as the trade the Yankees made between the Red Sox and the Yankees, it's it's okay. They got a player that, in theory, can help them. The issue will be if Alex Verdugo is the only move they're making from an outfield perspective. And this is where I think Me, who over the last couple of years, I'm not going to sugarcoat this, and it's because of the product and what I've seen on the field, I have been Mr. Negativity when it comes to the Yankees, and rightfully so. I think many of you are in the same boat. Uh, We've had our frustrations with ownership. We've had our frustrations with the general manager, the manager, the Yankee brass. On and on we go. I am really confident the Yankees are going to end up with Juan Soto. Really Really, really confident the Yankees are going to end up with Juan Soto. And the reason I've been kind of pushed in that direction, the tea leaves that are out there. Jack Curry covers this stuff as well as anybody. He is a brilliant journalist. He is also someone that is very well connected to the inner workings of the Yankees. All the books, working at the Yes Network. When the Yankees break a story, Curry's usually the first one to get. That's just how it goes. Curry gets a lot of that insider information from the Yankees. So when he came out today and tweeted out, hey, the Yankee talks with Soto have intensified. And when you see him going on TV the last two days, really hammering home that this is the guy the Yankees want to get, I don't think that's coming from nowhere. So 
I might be getting my hopes up. I might look like a damn fool for saying this. I think we will have a live Twitter spaces, whether it is on Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, or maybe it's over the weekend or maybe it's next week. Whenever it may be, I think we are going to be living in a world where Juan Soto and his beautiful swing and his larger-than-life star power is going to be in the Bronx alongside Aaron Judge in a Yankee lineup. I think we're going to be living in that world. Can't believe I'm saying it. Can't believe I'm feeling this positive about it. But I do think even with this Verdugo move going down, it will not get in the way of Soto. And I'm kind of flexing on this one. I think Juan Soto is going to be a New York Yankee. Simple as that. So we're monitoring that. We're monitoring Yamamoto. It seems like there's no progress with him. Otani's not coming here. There's no progress there. That's why it's been a very slow-moving couple of days in Nashville as far as the winter meetings are concerned. But I don't think Verdugo is getting in the way, nor should it get in the way of the Yankees landing uh, their white whale, their new white whale. It was Garrett Cole a few years ago. Now it's got to be, even though he's on the final year of his contract, Juan Soto. So we're keeping tabs on all the baseball stuff. Mets, you know they want Yamamoto. Yankees, they want Yamamoto. Uh, Cashman trying to pull the old poker move, I think, and compliment Steve Cohen and his resources and his money. I don't think that gets in the way at all of the Yankee pitch for the Japanese stud. Mets can offer a ton of money. Listen, everybody wants him. So you know there's going to be a whole lot of competition. It really boils down to what does Yamamoto want. That's going to dictate this thing. And the Yankees are well within their rights to focus Soto before they get to Yamamoto. I know they got eggs in both baskets. The bigger priority is Soto. It's not close. The Yankee lineup has been the bigger issue over the last few years. Not as much this starting rotation. Rotation needs help. Especially when you don't have a whole lot of confidence and faith in Rodon and whatnot. But Soto is hands down my number one target. And he should be the Yankees' number one target. Now, in-season tournament tonight, look, am I going to lose one iota of sleep that the Knicks lost this game? No, not in the least. Uh, am I surprised with how pathetic their defense was in this game? Yeah, I, I kind of was. Now, we know this about Milwaukee. Milwaukee, they got Giannis, they got Lillard, and then they got a bunch of shooters. And clearly the game plan for the Knicks tonight was we're going to pack the paint and we are going to dare the Milwaukee three-point shooters to go and beat us. Well, the problem with that particular game plan tonight, that's exactly what happened for Milwaukee. They went 23 at 38 from three. They go 28 at 38 from three and they get 35 points from Giannis. Newsflash, they're not losing the game. They're not losing the game. This is on a night when the Knicks got 41 from Randall. They get a decent game from Barrett. They did not get a great game out of Jalen Brunson, but it was one of those nights where Milwaukee is a higher caliber of team. Milwaukee put together an A-plus offensive night, and this is something to watch now when the Knicks move forward playing bigger games in February and March, and more specifically in April and May. Their best can't match Milwaukee's best. It just can't. They're not as talented a team. They don't have anybody on their roster who's as good as Giannis. Jalen Brunson's awesome. He's not as good as Giannis. And if they're going to have the supporting pieces cooking like that, no prep. Now, if you're looking for a silver lining, I'll give you a silver lining. At least you don't have to worry about me 
uh, maybe breaking all the limbs in my body, trying to climb up the uh, the rafters of Madison Square Garden and getting banned from Madison Square Garden if they ever hung the uh, dopey, we won the 2023 NBA playing tournament banner, which would have been the biggest disgrace on planet Earth. So the first ever NBA playing tournament will feature the Knicks in the quarterfinals. It will not feature the Knicks in Las Vegas as it will be Milwaukee and Indiana and New Orleans, more than likely, is going to be taking on the Los Angeles Lakers. So the Knicks now get to play the Celtics Friday as a consolation. And now we go about our merry way in continuing to follow the regular season of the NBA. So for those of you who are all super into the uh, in-season NBA tournament, we'll see if that interest remains for you as Knicks fans on Thursday. You know, the good news for the NBA on Thursday, the football game is just an embarrassment. Now, I have the ability to watch two TVs, so that's that's never an issue in the Jastrzemski compound. I will have the football on. See, here's the problem now. You don't have the ability to kind of toggle, and I didn't do that anyway, but like when there's a third game on and you want to watch something else, you want to flip to something else, whether it's a sporting event or not, you can't do that when the games are on Amazon and whatnot, so I will have the football game on the Amazon I will watch the Eastern Conference game in the afternoon, probably as I'm taping the podcast, full disclosure. And then we'll watch the night game, which is going to be far better because the Western Conference game to me is going to be far more appealing than Bucks and Indiana. Although Halliburton is one hell of a player and he is super fun to watch. So maybe I should reconsider that take. Be that as it may, no more Knicks uh, in the in-season playing tournament. Now, let's get to the final element that is by far and away the biggest shit show right now in New York the biggest shit show right now, maybe in the NFL, and that is the New York Jets, who at 4-8 and eight are going to be in a situation where Robert Sala is talking to members of the media, discussing my buddy Beningo and his relationship and his comments. That kind of tells you all you need to know about where the Jets are at right now. Where texts from Robert Sala being interpreted by Joe they are now not only a story in Jetland, it's probably the first question. Actually, I should rephrase that. It's the second question the head coach is going to get at his press tomorrow. How insane is that? The first question is going to be, okay, coach, who's playing quarterback? Now that Tim Boyle has been released, I mean, isn't it amazing? Tim Boyle was starting two weeks ago. Robert Sala had the audacity to tell Al Michaels, who knows, maybe we'll have a Kurt Warner situation. How, how did that go, coach? Whoo! Tim Boyle's gone. Is it Simeon? Is it Brett Rippon, who they just signed off the practice squad? Or is it this loser, Zach Wilson, who clearly said to someone in the Jet hierarchy or in the Jet locker room, I don't want to play anymore. Diana Rossini would not make that up. Other sources over at The Athletic would not make that up. They are credible quality, top-notch journalists. They didn't get that from nowhere. Did it get taken out of context? Was it a player that was frustrated? Yeah. But the fact that it's out there, get Zach Wilson out of here. I don't need Aaron Rodgers telling me I'm Pat McAfee. By the way, I watched that entire interview today. I mean, you want to talk about weird and wacky? And I like McAfee personally. I'm very, very impressed by what he's done in kind of Crafting a broadcasting career. It really is cool to see. I love seeing guys and gals who are self-made. And, you know, he's made himself a gazillion dollars. And, you know, he has all these big names coming on his show. So I, I respect the hell out of that. 
But, I mean, yeah, with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers on another planet. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal talent. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But, I mean, sitting there listening to Aaron Rodgers, I mean, holy shit. I, I felt like I was in uh, the Twilight Zone. I, I, I don't even know with some of the conversations that were being had on that show. But if there was something I took out of it, Rodgers doesn't like the idea that there are leaks coming out of the Jet organization. This is not new. This has been the case for a long time in that building. And he's like, that's something we got to clean up. Well, you have that combined with Joe, my buddy, all weekly guest, and his relationship with Robert Sala. And the idea, more than anything, that Robert Sala is sharing a lot of this information with Joe. That, I think, is the biggest issue more than anything. When you're going bad, maybe coach, you got to lay low. Maybe, maybe keep quiet. Just a, just a little food for thought. That's, that's just me. Maybe you got to keep quiet. Maybe don't be firing off as many text messages. Maybe go a little zero dark 30. When your team is four and eight, when you have 10 offensive touchdowns in 12 games, makes you look like an ass. And it makes you look like a guy that's trying to win over a fan base that is disgruntled, pissed off, and is not going to give you the benefit of the doubt of being a nice guy. And I think that's what this boils down to. I think Robert Sell is a really nice guy. I think he's a gentleman. I think he's super likable. Joe has told me he's super likable. And I think his reputation kind of is that around the league. But he's going to walk into his press conference tomorrow and feel like a horse's ass. I mean, I would. The idea that you got Joe coming on our pod and going on radio basically saying, yeah, I don't think the coach likes the quarterback. Whether that's true or not, he's got to deal with it. And I would not in any way give these reins back to Zach Wilson. I hear that report, and I think it's true. I 1,000% think it's true. And I almost think Sal was trying to do damage control and trying to say, oh, might have gotten taken out of context. He wants to play. I think he wants to play to an extent. Even mentioned the idea that, like, guys are skipping bowl games. Making that comment, I thought was telling. Super telling. So here we are again. It's another year. It's early December. And the Jets are an absolute mess across the board. Guess we'll find out tomorrow who's playing quarterback. <laughs> I mean, I think Joe and Salah might be on the back page of the paper tomorrow. I know nobody cares about that anymore because we just read everything digitally. So it's not like we have situations where we're buying newspapers. Like there was a time in my life where I used to buy the New York Post every day going to school. Like in high school, I bought the New York, you can ask my teachers this. I used to buy the New York Post. I'd read it on my way to school. I'd have the paper up. I'd go through page six. I'd read all my sports stories. I'd give it to some of the other kids in school. It was like, all right, I don't want to pay attention to math class. I'm going to read what's going on in the Post. Every every day I did that in school. And that was pre-Twitter and, you know, social media. I mean, that's how I got my information. That's how I figured out what the hell was going on. So, different world. I understand that. But if my guy Joe is on the back page of the newspaper. Stefan, do me a favor. You're walking around town tomorrow and you see Benigo on the back page, pick me up the paper. Because we got to get that shit framed and signed. And could you imagine, before we hit voicemails, and I don't know if this is necessarily going to be the case. But could you imagine if this relationship between Robert Sala and Joe Beningo is the reason Robert Sala ends up getting fired? I mean, could you imagine if that's the case? I, I, I mean, that would be one of the most all-time Jets things 
Ever. Ever. And I know Joe's not rooting for that because he likes Robert Sala. And he's rooting for Robert Sala. But whenever the Sala-Jet relationship ends, and you want to tell me next year he's the coach, Rodgers comes back, they make the playoffs, sure, you, you can tell me on that. Sal will not be your coach in three years. I, I say that confidently. I would put a large amount of money on that being a bet. That in three years from now, we're in 20, what, 23? The 2026 season, I do not think Robert Sal will be coaching the New York Jets. I don't. This is going to be a major part of his legacy. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. All right. Let's take some voicemails. What a weird, what a weird Tuesday. Verdugo, Yankee. The Knicks give up like 150 points. And Joe, solid text messages on the topic of conversation here on the pod. Can't make it up. All right. Voicemails are coming up. All right, voicemail time. Let's hear him at 917-382-1151. Uh, if this Soto trade goes down on Wednesday, we'll hop on Twitter Spaces and we'll post it as a pod. Don't you worry. I know uh, our guy Bradley already tweeted at me. Is there going to be a Twitter Spaces if Juan Soto gets traded? I said yes. So hopefully it's not after I tape this pod. That would not be ideal. But uh, whenever that happens or if, it's, if it happens early in the morning and I'm sleeping, I'll do it as soon as I get up. But we will, we will fire up the spaces. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. Uh, so there's that. We will have our Football Friday pod. And yes, Benigo will be joining us. So uh, we'll uh, figure out what the head coach has to say about him tomorrow at his presser. I mean, I don't get into midweek coaching press conferences at all. I will make it a point to try and watch the Sala uh, post presser whenever that comes down tomorrow. So if that's early in the morning, I may have to get my ass up. All right, let's take some voicemail. Steph, let's go. Disco J. It's Iasta J. I'm actually walking down 3rd Avenue right now, heading to Grand Central uh, to take the railroad home. Listen, two things. Number one, regarding Soto, and you and I, be fair now, you and I have been on this Soto train since the beginning of the summer. But for the first time since we started discussing it, I've gotten really excited and optimistic. And why? Well, it's because they finally started talking about it on those Yankee hot stove shows, specifically your boy Jack Curry, who I believe I'm paraphrasing right now, said the Yankees have to make this move. Now, J.J., we know that anything that's on that network to an extent is a form of propaganda. So I highly doubt that he's going on there and the producers are okaying what he's saying without them in some way, shape, or form knowing in the background that this thing is going to get done. So I actually think Soto's coming here now. I, I really do. Um, and, and, and the second thing, Disco J, and, you know, this is something you can bring up with uh, your boy Beningo when you do the picks this week because he caused quite a stir. It's amazing. The guy hasn't been in that thinking, you know, Titanic of a radio station as a full-time employee in years. Meanwhile, he's the guy that's uh, causing all the hoopla now. I'd, I'd love to get his take uh, on your platform where he can actually be authentic, where he's not, you know, handcuffed by a program director that, you know, loves cats, dogs, and vegan food more than actual sports talk. I'd love his unauthorized take on your platform of everything that's gone on with uh, the text messages and his football coaches. I'm just curious your thoughts. That's all. We'll talk soon, Jay. Well, I appreciate it, Sayasit. Look, uh, Benigo is great with us every week. 
He always brings it. He's a good buddy of mine. We have a great relationship and rapport. I mean, listen, I've known Joe, I feel like, for 20 years from being a kid that listened to him in the overnight and then getting a chance to develop a relationship with the guy where I feel like, you know, we talk not only all the time doing our segments, but, like, I play golf with the guy probably, what, 10 times a year. He's one of my good buddies. Came to my wedding. And we we talk football. I mean, he gives me a call Monday after every week. We we break down all the games. And basically, we just, you know, let it rip. So, that's why you get Joe, I think it is very best when he comes on with us. He's always engaged. and He's always ready to go. Uh, so, we will definitely... Asked him if he has any regrets uh, about, you know, what he has said on Orpod and what he said on radio and whatnot. So we will absolutely do that on Thursday. And I, I share your optimism with Soto. I said it at the start of the show. It's not coming from nowhere. I think the Yankees are aware of the perception around them. I think they're aware of the fact that they have to do something big. And this fits the bill. They know they're going to get Juan Soto. It's box office. Don't forget about that. As much as it helps the team, as much as it helps the product, it's box office. Soto's a star. He's a star. He's got a huge personality. He is going to be fantastic from a standpoint of, hey, bilingual guy, likable dude. Going to bring a whole lot of new fanfare to the Yankees. They think about that as well. They're getting this deal done. I don't know when it's going to happen, but they are getting this deal done. It's not if, it's when. Let's take two more. What's up, JJ? It's Mike in Staten Island. So yesterday at the Jets game, I'm sitting in the stands with the family, miserable weather. I knew what I was going into. We went and we had a good time with the kids. I fully expected exactly what we got. And I had the post game on going home and I'm listening to Robert Sala and my son says to me, Daddy, why don't they get rid of this guy? He's terrible. My son is six years old, JJ. How does the six year old understand that the coach gotta go? You know what? I started to think about it. Obviously they have the ultimate ace in the hole with the fact that the Rogers injury four plays into the game. And you know what? The whole season we knew was going to go down the tubes anyway. But the one thing that we had as fans to really see this season when Rodgers went out was, can these coaching staff get the team to play without their star? What kind of coaches do we have? And you know what? Every single one of them have come up small. I don't want to hear about Oprah either because you know what? Yeah, he's done a good job. The defense is good. But they got they got players on that side. Take the players away from the defense. I don't want to see if he can coach either. Salah's got to go, JJ. He's proven absolutely nothing. Actually, that's not true. He's proven one thing. He cannot coach football. Or maybe at least offense. It's historically bad, JJ. I literally, if I could get the phone to reload fast enough in the stadium, I was considering betting on the live the live bet on the drive for a punt every single possession. 
and I would have walked out happy at least. He's got to go, JJ. Mike, and, uh, we'll talk next. Mike, I love your passion. Uh, I love your son's passion. Uh, and hopefully for you and your son, there'll be brighter days ahead for the Jets. Um, I can't fight you on Robert Sala. I can't. Do you want me to sit here and lie and give you lip service that I think he's a high-quality, high-caliber NFL head coach? I don't. I mean, what? look at his record. It's now almost three years into a tenure. He's what? 15 and 31, 15, 16 games under 500. And look at the losing skits. They were seven and four last year. They finished seven and 10. They were four and three this year. They're now four and eight. Maybe soon to be four and nine after this Texan game this weekend. The biggest saving grace, and you said it, his quarterback went down four games or four plays in a year. And is that going to get everybody a mulligan? Because based upon this year and how it's all played out on the field, if there wasn't the Rodgers injury, and I know how significant, how catastrophic it was, but, I mean, you take that away, everybody be gone, gone, and gone in that organization. So, Coach Salah, but I hope that Aaron Rodgers really has his back. And if Aaron Rodgers sits down with Woody Johnson and says, look, you want to make changes, you can make changes. Okay. He'll do it. So I think that'll be the biggest determining factor on whether or not he's back. How much does this quarterback who calls the shots down to Jet organization, how much does he like him? We're about to find out. Let's take one more. JJ, it's Monday. Uh, report just came out that Zach Wilson approached about being the starter for the rest of the year again. You said no. You know what? Good for him. But I have never in my life seen a team that has failed so miserably in every aspect as much as the Jets have the last however long I've been alive, 20 years at this point. They, they have completely screwed every single aspect of this up. And it's not just them, it's the fans too. I mean, I know, I know we're all just fans, we don't see the X's and O's, but come on, this, this felt like common sense. Everyone for, from this entire, when this entire rut started with the giant game where they haven't scored an offensive touchdown on what feels like a month and a half at this point. I was like, oh, it's Zach Wilson, it's Zach Wilson. Yeah, he's been making, he was making bad throws, not seeing Garrett Wilson wide open. But can we just please for a second remember, the Jets have had the worst offensive line in football since like, the prick of Shaw Ferguson and Mangold retired. And that was like seven years ago. The Jets haven't had a good offensive line at this point in like eight years. So when I see people tweeting out here like, Zach Wilson's failed the Jets, yada, yada. No, the Jets have failed Zach Wilson. The Jets failed Sam Darnold. It's the same thing. Yeah, I see these tweets all the time saying, no excuses when you got Brees Hall and you got Garrett Wilson. But Brees Hall has been running into a brick wall now for like six weeks. There is no separation for him to create any space. It would be great to throw to Garrett Wilson, but it's hard to throw to Garrett Wilson when you have half a second to process it because you got someone in your face. All the, all the Jets did by putting Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon in was wave the white flag. Because guess what? They can't move at all. At least Zach Wilson could run around a little bit. You've punted on the season. You've completely terminated any relationship you could have with Zach Wilson because his confidence at this point has to be shot. And I feel... I, Listen, is he a great player? No, but I feel bad for him because he seems like a good dude. All I have to say 
I don't know if it's the right move to fire to fire Robert Sala, but we got to at least put some consideration to what Joe Douglas is doing. He's supposed to be his offensive line guru. We're on year six. I know they've put assets into it, but every year we end up in the same place where the entire offensive line is hurt by Thanksgiving. Have a good one. Uh, I have a major problem with this idea that it's good for Zach Wilson. No, 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 no. You have a job to do. We get it. It's hard. We get it. It's tough. You're under contract. Go suit up and play. You don't want to play? You can get the hell out. That's what I would say if I were Robert Sally. You don't want to be here? You don't want to play? Goodbye. Joe, get this guy off my team. And they have tried to upgrade positions. They've drafted and signed a lot of linemen over the last couple of years. They haven't been good enough. Or a guy like ABT has gotten hurt. So it's not that they've disregarded that position. It's that they haven't addressed it properly. Do I think that the culture is just not there from a Jets standpoint? Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. And even here on Aaron Rodgers today, he had mentioned, yeah, we were building some habits, we were building some things, but you know, me not being here and me not being on the field, it can't be the same. Well, he's right about that. It sure seems like we're going to be doing this again next year. And I know Aaron Rodgers is the first bout Hall of Famer. He's going to be 40 coming off an Achilles. The roster has got to be much better. The coaching has got to be much better for me to think it's going to be different. It'd be quite the role reversal if it's different. Let me tell you, this year has been as bad as can be. Just everything about it, the injury, optics, Wilson, it's just, ugh, it's miserable. Absolutely miserable. To the point where if you're a Jeff fan, you just can't wait for this season to be over. That's the way I'd feel. Can't wait for this season to be over. Five more games. That's what I'd be saying. Five more games of this shit. And that's that. Before we say goodbye, Jeff Money, you got to play for us for this wonderful Thursday night game. What do we got? What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper picks with me for Thursday, the 7th, the Thursday night NFL football game. I'm going to roll with the Pittsburgh Steelers minus the six over the New England Patriots. So I'm going to roll with the Pittsburgh Steelers minus the six. Let's see if we had a family or a heads up play. And everyone can follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Well, let's go, Jeff Money. Um, there's no way in the world. You could convince me to go and take the Patriots in this spot. Think about this for a minute. The Patriots held the Chargers to six points the other day. Still couldn't cover five and a half. Still couldn't cover five and a half. I know it's Trubisky, quarterback. I know that's a downgrade. The Patriot offense, the worst offense in the NFL. It's worse than the Jets. With Zappi and Mac Jones, that actually, I think, is worse. Or it's comparable. Whatever it is, it's really bad. I'd probably throw the Steelers into some teases and money line parlays. But yeah, when in doubt, I am not taking the Patriots. No way in the world I can do that. No way. So we got a family play. All right, we'll be back maybe tomorrow, but definitely on Thursday with our Football Friday pod. Uh, we'll find out who's playing quarterback for the Jets. We'll see if Juan Soto is going to be a New York Yankee. Good job by Stefan. Good job by everybody. Uh, we will chat maybe sooner than you think. JJ out. Speak everybody. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 100 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org Connecticut, 109 within Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, Visit 100gambler.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 